And in turn, the Lord will indeed send his blessings to accompany his presence. And let me tell you, nobody could have dealt with this day any more difficult than I have. I've lost both my mothers. And as I attempted to pin the outline for today's sermon, I could hardly do so for crying because of that huge void that's been left in our hearts by the absence of our mothers. But I'm assured of one thing as if I'm standing on my own two feet that we'll meet again one day around the throne of God. I'm not the resident expert. Don't pretend to be. I get asked this question all the time. Preacher, are we going to know each other in heaven? Well, the Bible says that we're going to know as we are known. And I remember in the waning days of my mother's life, dementia and Alzheimer's had set in. And I would visit and she would call me every one of her children before she would get it right. But I was patient. You know, Brother Ted, they say once a man, twice a child. And I just asked Mama if she could sing me a song. I said, Mama, I said, Mama, can you sing me a song? And her eyes just lit up because here's something amazing. It doesn't matter what mental, mental problems that people are facing. If they've ever had a connection, Brother Dwayne, with Jesus Christ, they don't ever forget it. And I said, Mama, I said, can you sing me a song? And Mama started out with this. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I could see her get more encouraging when she went to the third verse. Through man, through many days, just toils and snares, I have already when she looked at me and said when we've been there ten thousand years right shining as the sun we've no less days 
our God's praise. And when we first begun, saints, it was amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like you and me. Anybody remember? I was, was lost. Thank God, but now I'm found. I was blind. Oh, but now I see. You need to sing this like you mean it. When we we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we Mama looked me straight in the face and she winked her eye. And she said, you thought I couldn't do it, didn't you? I never, ever underestimated mother. For Webster says a mother's one who loves and one who cares for her children. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate it. You're accompanying me through that song. What a blessing it is to have a godly mother. Many of you are standing. Can I encourage the remainder of you to do so as we glean from the Lord's word? I won't take anything away from Mother's special day. Today is Mother's special day. As we glean from the word of God recorded in Proverbs chapter 23. Verses 22 through 25. I want to remind us we will serve as the host church on next Saturday evening, the Benefit Gospel Concert for Brother Randolph Oxendine's daughter-in-law who is battling cancer. We want to be an extension of their family, show ourselves in faithful and bodily support meet God here and extend ourselves to bless others isn't that what Jesus would love amen next Saturday evening bring an appetite too praise the Lord all the proceeds will go directly to this young lady to defray medical expenses fuel and lodging All this is tough on people. And we just want to be a blessing. Isn't that right, Harvest? We want to be a blessing. 
If we, if we won't be a blessing, I promise we won't be a burden. We'll be a blessing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this today. I try with everything I can not to be fragile. But we're just humans. We're just people. I miss my mother. Both of them. I miss Brother Manuel. <laughs> Sister Ewie. Sister Donna. Sister Faith. Brother Ernest. Ain't Peel and Uncle Lester. I miss them. And my babies are having babies. And after a while, I'm going to leave them. Just after a while. I'm confident where I stand more than I've ever been that nobody will tell me what Jesus looks like but I'm going to see him for myself it's alright y'all it's alright the presence of the Lord is here ministering to people's lives today and that's, that's a blessing. I, I realized when I ventured this way this morning that many people would be absent from this service because they would be worshiping with their mothers and I, I, I understand that. I, matter of fact, I applaud that. You have a motherly but now I have to be honest too, daddies don't get due justice because none of y'all don't miss church on Father's Day. So I'm putting in the plug early. Don't miss church now. But bring them to church with you. We'll feed them breakfast too. My wife says amen. Are you Proverbs 20, 23 and 22? I told my wife I didn't want children's church today. I wanted the babies in the sanctuary wanted them to hear the word of the Lord I think at times that's important there's a lot of hard working people behind the scenes here at Harvest Church that you never recognize from the persons in the sound booth and running the media and these guys practicing um, even when we're not here there's a, there's a lot of effort that goes forth to promote an atmosphere like this where we can worship God and we're embracing a few things that have brought change but I, I, I want to help you understand something if the Lord had not heavily impressed this on my heart then we wouldn't have changed but not all change is bad because I'm going to tell you the truth 
we, we, we rebelled against bringing our gifts in times past to the altar and we, we, we were defiant stubborn didn't bring our offering to the Lord but I'm the pastor and I can tell you the offerings have increased since you started coming and bringing them to God so somebody's accepting the reality that it is an act of worship and one that God honors and for that I want to thank you and I won't promise there won't be a, a few more changes but they'll all be orchestrated by God we won't do it in ourself or on our own but we'll do it as the Lord releases us and we'll be blessed how many receive that in Jesus name amen in the Bible book of Proverbs, written by one of the wisest human beings that ever lived, whose name was Solomon, the son of David. Proverbs 23 and 22, Solomon encourages us this. Listen to your father who begot you. Do not despise your mother when she is old. He's getting a sound check saying, well, I see him. I saw him holding his ear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He encourages in verse 23, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. We'll conclude our reading with verse 25. Let your father and your mother be glad and let her who bore you Rejoice. I want to leave you with this. What's, what appears once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years. The letter M. Thank God for the letter M. What's in the letter M? A mother and her children. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gathering of people who've assembled in this place today. Thank you for the ones who are absent supporting their mother in service. We just ask now that your presence would anoint your word. And that your word would accomplish that you've set it out to do save a soul that's nearest hell today and strengthen your children the church in Jesus name amen amen you might be seated what's in the letter M a mother and her children according to history this day can be traced back to the celebrations who honored Rhea, who was considered in Greek mythology the mother of the gods. This was ancient Greece. Let me, let me correct truth from error now. I don't want anybody to accept anything as reality when it comes to mythology. It's myths. It's no established truth. And even during the 1600s, early Christians honored Mary 
who was the mother of Jesus. It was many years later before in this country, under the leadership of a great president, we established Mother's Day. And a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why we celebrate Mother's Day because isn't it classified as a, as a pagan holiday? Well, pagan means ungodly. You could tie it directly back to the celebrations that honored Rhea in Greek mythology, and many would say that it's a pagan holiday. But the scriptures make it very clear that they never command us to dedicate a special day to honor mothers, but they never condemn it either. So thank God that when Paul writes to the Romans in Romans chapter 14, a small passage in 14 verses 5 through 8, Paul said one person esteems one day above another and another esteems every day alike. So let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So what's Paul saying? Paul is suggesting that as believers, we should be fully convinced that we're doing what God wants us to do. Do you believe God wants us to honor mothers? I certainly believe God wants us to honor mothers. And the Bible tells us to honor our fathers and our mothers. For the Bible says this is the first commandment of the promise that your days may be longer upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. So although many would classify this as a pagan holiday, I know that it's commendable in the sight of God that a special day has been reserved for us to pay honor to our mothers. So let's be fully convinced that we're doing it in a manner that pleases God and we're doing so with a clear conscience. Amen? Amen. I want to begin by telling us today that in the gift of moms, God has given us a priceless jewel. Could you say that, guys? That in the gift of a mother, a gift of a mom, that the Lord has blessed us with the gift of a priceless jewel. In other words, she's so precious that her value can't be determined. Praise the Lord. There's never been a truer statement than that. Who could have ever arrived at that but God? Because God knew the value that he would place upon a mother. Look at Proverbs 3 and 15. Let's, let's look at Proverbs 3 and 15 and what God's word says. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Not even the most precious of stones compare to the value of a mother. And God himself, he made the role of, of a diligent father very clear. 
He did this early in the book of Genesis. But he has also made his intentions known with regard to the role of a godly mother. How many of you know that God's word reveals God's plans? Do you know that God placed more value on his word than he did his name? So indeed, we in the body of Christ, we should take to heart those things that God's word instructs us to do. Those things that God's word shares with us in reference to special times just like these. Mothers have one of the most influential and important jobs in the world. That's a good place to say amen. I want to add to that, mothers have definitely one of the most difficult jobs in the world. I don't expect too many of you guys to amen, but now you mamas, you can toot your own horn today. Because the truth of the matter is, you have a very important job, certainly a difficult job. I mean, look at just the different hats that mothers have to wear. These are just around home now, Brother Alfred. I, 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 I want to I highlight on the ones uh, that focus just around home life. Mama's got to be a chef. She's got to cook two to three meals a day. And most of them, children don't even get up and say thank you for. Preach, Pastor. Most of them, children don't even say, Mother, you worked so diligently to prepare this wonderful meal. I'm going to volunteer to do the dishes. Oh, bless God, somebody. Not only is mama a chef, she is a housekeeper who cleans up everything from, uh, from dirty dishes to dirty diapers. Can I preach this? A lot of fathers want to say, I got a weak stomach and I can't even change a baby, but you can gut an animal. That won't be too popular. But the truth of the matter is, she said, the baby's diaper needs changing. And we, oh, 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 Lord. That, I, think, uh, I think I'm going to hurl. But we can hang up a deer and skin it and gut it and dress it. Preach, past the preach while you're there. Amen. So not only is mom a chef, she's a housekeeper. She transitions into a conflict resolutionist. Some of you say, I don't, I don't know. She's always putting out fires. Mama's always putting out fires, amen. If it's not with the children, it's with the family. If it's not with the family, it's with the friends. If it's not with them, it's with the neighborhood. If it's not with them, amen, it's with someone. Mothers are always diffusing situations as conflict resolutionists. Am I preaching? They move from that to event planner. You know nothing ain't going to get done around your house unless your mama plans it. Preach this, somebody. Praise the Lord. From doctor's appointments to school activities, even to vacations, mothers are some very busy people. Praise the Lord. Can I move on? Next, mama's a chauffeur. Yeah, she's a chauffeur. What does that mean? That means she takes the children not only to school, but everywhere else they need to be. We guys are too busy working. Mama works too. Preach, Brother Terry. 
She moves on from that to a finance manager. Preach, brother. Praise the Lord. What does that mean? She's got to, she's got to balance the household expenses that include groceries, clothes, utilities, etc. And the list goes on and on. She moves from that into a health care provider who nurses not only runny noses and fevers, but skin knee. Dr. Mom. Somebody say thank God for Dr. Mom. I loved my daddy, but when I was hurting, I didn't want him anywhere near me because he couldn't do anything to soothe the pain. No more times than not, my grandfather was taking snuff and rubbing on a bee sting, telling me, you'll be all right, son. Now go on back and pick them cucumbers. Yeah. But not mom. Mom was investing the time to assess the situation and the right medications to make her baby better. Man, when I was ailing, there was no better person that I wanted attending to me than my mother. How about you? Mama just had the right things to say. Mother knew the right prescriptions to apply. Praise the Lord among the other many duties that mother attended to. Thank God she was better than Blue Cross Blue Shield. Praise the Lord, somebody. And lastly, mothers, amen, they're world changers. At least that's the way that we look at them because we give them about 20 years to raise a child, fill that child with character and integrity. What a job that is, somebody. Amen, because those whom God blesses to be mothers should never take this responsibility lightly. Most commonly in single-parent homes in America, who is the single parent? The mom. She has to be both mother and father. And here's what the Bible does. The Bible supports the reality that the love, the care, the encouragement that a mother gives should never cease. That's the Bible, the Word of God. The Bible also emphasizes that the, 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 one of the primary responsibilities of a mother is that she is to nurture her child. Can I preach this somebody? Anybody even know what the word nurture means? It's a process. How many of you know that children don't come out of the womb walking and talking? Right. Nurturing, Brother Ted, is a process. What kind of process? The process of caring for and encouraging both the growth and the development of someone. Mothers invest the time to fulfill the role of a nurturer. Daddies are too busy trying to toughen up their boys. Preach, preacher. Daddies are too busy saying these cliches to their sons, suck it up, be a man. But it was all right to cry with mama. Mama was nurturing you. She was taking on the process of both caring for and encouraging your growth and your development. Am I right? Praise God. One lady asked me this morning, she said, is Proverbs 31 going to be a part of your sermon? I said, it most definitely is because the Bible uh, talks about a virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter number 31. And you're, you're not going to see all that in the slide, but in your leisure, I would love for you to take the time just to pull out your Bible and just become engaged in reading Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 because it will go back to emphasize some of the very same things that I've already spoken with regard to the tremendous jobs of importance and the jobs of difficulty that mothers face every day. 
And also the fact that they should never cease in promoting the scriptures and what they have to say with regard to her. Solomon said, who can find a virtuous woman for her worth is far above rubies. He said way back in chapter 3 and verse 15, she's, she's, she's more valuable than the most priceless of jewels. Am I right? How many thank God for moms today? How many, how many would go uh, to the ends of the earth for mom? Praise the Lord. Certainly we would. They went to the ends of the earth for us. I'd love for you to read that in your leisure. I would just love for you to take some time to, to, to venture through Proverbs 31. And listen to the number of attributes, listen to the number of character traits that Solomon says that a mother, a mom, a virtuous woman possesses. And it's going to bless us to know, praise God, just how extended that a mother is. When I look back on the life of my mother, one of the primary things that I saw my mother was, was a nurturer. Because she was focused on my development. She was focused on my growth. She was focused on me being a person of character and a person of integrity. My mother never promoted any wrong ideas when it came to my upbringing or my raising. My mother never told me to repay evil for evil. Amen. She believed what the Bible said. And the Bible said, do what? Don't repay any man evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. That's what my mother promoted. Now, I know we live in a different society today, but I'm here to tell you, my mother was a Proverbs 31 mother. And one of her primary roles is that my mother served as a guide. Let's look at mom, the guide. Who is a guide? A person who advises, a person who shows the way to others. That's the role that God has called moms to fulfill. Amen? And over 300 verses in the Bible contain the word mother. And scripture is full of women who relied solely on the strength of God to raise their children. Now, you know I love the Old Testament, but I love the New Testament. And one of the first verses that came to my mind when I thought about this was 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5. Who was Timothy? He was Paul's young son in the faith. He's challenged, uh, uh, dear brothers and sisters, with leading the first megachurch in the world. That would have been in the city of Ephesus. History says that it could have had at least 20 to 30,000 members. That was a full plate. You deal with 20 or 30 people today and that's a lot. But dealing with 20 to 30,000 people as a young minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a tall order. And thank God that his upbringing was very important in his life. Now, Paul called him a son in the faith. But when I begin to think about how that mom served as a guide, someone who advises, someone who shows the way to others, I couldn't help but think of this passage of Scripture. 
And it says in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. What Paul was saying to this young son in the faith was I'm, I'm exceedingly comfortable and confident with the fact that you're going to be successful at whatever endeavor that you start out on. Because number one, genuine faith was passed on to you as a heritage. Do you know that genuine faith is one of the greatest heritages or legacies that we can give to our children? It's one of the greatest ones that we can give to our children. And I want to ask you this question. If, if, if your family looks back over your life, will they see this? Will they see that one of the greatest legacies that you left with your children was that of genuine faith? My mother was a faithful woman. Amen. Brother Anthony talked about this morning how when I, I was burned severely as a young man and my mother prayed and God healed me and I don't even have a scar to this day. There is, there is no residual evidence of any, any fact that I ever burned that hand beyond recognition. Why? Because the power of God completely healed me and it was the genuine faith of my mother in Jesus Christ, her Savior and Lord, that brought about that healing. And because my mother exhibited great faith, it has just been common for me. To exhibit great faith. Last summer our grandson was in the hospital. My wife and I were conversing on the way one morning. And she began to say some things to me that I stopped her in her tracks and said, I love you, but I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't have to go in great length or detail. But I specifically said to Sister Oxendine, God is going to raise that grandbaby off this bed of affliction. He's going to be healed. And that's all that I'm going to accept. And that's all that I won't talk about. And amen, he's almost 35 pounds now. Amen, don't tell me that God won't honor the faith of his children. We didn't have much when I was growing up. I told my wife that we were poor and didn't know it because other people around us were poor. But my mama, amen, she told me it's not going to always be this way because if you're going to be faithful to God, he's going to bless you even greater than you can receive. I don't know about you today, but I'm greaterly blessed now. Amen, I'm greatly blessed now even more than my mama would have ever imagined. That's right. I'm blessed. She had faith. That heritage or legacy was passed along to me. And I have faith. Praise the Lord. That legacy is going to be passed on from me to my children. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. One of, them, one of them, if not both of them, are going to, in the process of time, exhibit great faith. My daughter has already experienced many miraculous moves of God in her own life and how that God healed her. My son, who is in denial at this current moment, has also experienced many miraculous acts of God in his own life. When early they said he's going to have asthma and he'll have problems breathing, amen, he'll be restricted in what kind of activity he can participate in. When I said the devil in hell is a liar, he will not be restricted, amen, to respiratory conditions and or problems. I believe he's healed in the power of Jesus' name. And he's never depended on an inhaler or a nebulizer. He doesn't take breathing treatments to this day and he's 26 years old. Somebody got to have faith. 
Amen. Thank God that my mother was a faithful woman. Thank God she pointed me in the right direction. Amen. And I know many of us won't embrace this. Many of us have difficulty right now accepting this. But listen, one of the most popular passages of Scripture in the Bible with regard to the upbringing of children is found where? Proverbs 22 and 6. Some of you can quote it by heart. I know you can. And here's simply what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That, does, that doesn't just mean your son. That means your son or your daughter. Amen. It doesn't always present itself as such, does it? When we look at our wayward children, Brother L.C., and this verse comes to our mind, the enemy says, hey, I know what God's word said, but it don't look like that's happening for you right now. Amen. I still remind the enemy, God's word said it, and I believe it. Amen. I don't have to accept it because it's already God's word, which the Bible says is forever settled in heaven. I thank God, Brother John Boy, that it says heaven and earth would pass away, but my word will remain forever. I might be dead and gone before they come to the realization that they'll need the Lord. But I promise you, amen, and I know the devil's listening, but I'm not going to lie in my bed at night. The place I receive of the rest that I need to recuperate from daily activity. I'm not going to lie there and worry myself to death that God won't do what he said. I want you to make no mistake about what I'm saying. He ain't trying to be God. He is God, amen. And what he said, he will do. I might be dead sleeping in a grave. But he's going to honor what he said. Because he's God. Somebody need to say beside him ain't no other. Let me tell you something. I declare to you today, God's word cannot lie. Amen or me. I said, God's word cannot lie. And children will remember their upbringing. Am I right? They're going to remember their upbringing. Mothers and fathers may be sleeping in a grave, cold somewhere. But children are going to remember their upbringing. Why? Because mama was a guide. You see, during the teenage years, this is what scientific study has produced. We like to hang everything on a diagnosis and a scientific study. Amen. That's the reason we'll go to hospitals now before we'll talk to Jesus. That's the reason we'll flood doctor's office before we'll fall on our knees in prayer. But during teenage years, the prefrontal cortex is developing. Some of you are like, I don't have no idea where that. You ever heard, your mom and daddy ever said you hard-headed? Okay, the prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain which is right behind your forehead, right here. No wonder they say you're hard-headed because the prefrontal cortex houses our judgment center. It houses our thinking. How many have been in school and the teachers say, put your thinking cap on now? The prefrontal cortex houses our thinking caps. And what happens is that during our teenage years, we start developing our own ideas. Preach this, somebody. 
You see, it's in, our, it's in our teenage years when we think we know more than our parents. Oh, glory to God. And more times than not, when children think they have a little knowledge, they become very strong-willed. And they become defiant. Uh-oh, somebody. They, 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 they want to challenge you. And they put up almost this attitude like they are ready to fight. Am I preaching? You see, when you get in your teenage years, you become resistant to rules and authority. This is better preaching than you're responding. But it's the gospel truth. Am I right? But my daddy didn't have to tell me. My mama told me. My mama said, when you get grown enough that you think you can't abide by the rules in this house, you can go get your own. Oh, glory. Let's look at Proverbs 13 and 24. I know some of you are thinking, ah, preacher, we can do everything we can, but when they get grown, they're going to form that. No, they're forming their own ideas long before they get grown. They're forming those ideas in their teenage years. And that's developing them into the adult they will be. But that's where the role of discipline comes in on the part of you and I as parents. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24. He who spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. That's not promising I'm going to get you. That's, that's being Johnny on the spot. Discipline, saints of God, you may not believe or accept this, but discipline is the evidence of our love. It's the evidence of our love. For the Bible tells us in the New Testament writing from the author Paul, despise not the chastening of the Lord. For whom the Lord loved, he also chastens or disciplines. We can insert that word. But also he tells the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, what does he tell them? He said, you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. In other words, you don't have to get upset. You don't have to, you don't have to get angry to discipline your children. Because as a matter of fact, you shouldn't be angry when you discipline a child. Parenting takes patience. Praise the Lord. Sister Mary said, praise God. Did you hear the emphasis on that? Parenting takes patience. This guides our children in the same direction that they should seek in raising their own children. Many people look back over my life and they would say, I know Zach got killings, but Lindsay probably never got any spanking. She's here today. Ask her. She'd tell you right quick, her daddy brought the pain. Yeah. And they're still my children. So if they get out of line, I'd cut them right now. Somebody thinking, well, preacher, they're grown. Now, listen, you always your parents' child. My mama was nearly 90 years old and said, sit down and be quiet, and I knew what to do. Amen. Preach, brother. And I want to encourage us today to know that many rebellious children in their infancy and in their youth, many have later gone on to become committed Christians who use their God-given abilities to serve the Lord and to assist others. Why? Because mother was a guide. Mother was one who was always training, always instructing, always pointing one in the right direction. 
I know my children at times thought I hated them. Any of you ever thought your parents hated you? You're in the house of God and he's looking, so no need to be dishonest. There have been times that, 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 that you thought your parents hated you when they were, as Brother Larry Lowry can say, when they were tearing hide off your back. It's a different world than where, where we come from. You know, children get time out now. If they'd have gave my mama a whistle talking about a time out, it would have probably blew all the time. Time in. Just saying. My mother served as a guide. She was concerned with my development. She was concerned with the direction in which I was in go, uh, going and also embracing. She served as an advisor and a counselor. She served as one who pointed me in the right direction. Thank God for mothers. And lastly, the point I want to make about a mom is that a mom is an unconditional lover. She's an unconditional lover. Is that good, saints? How many think the Lord that your mom was an unconditional lover? The word unconditional means she was not subject to any conditions. Some other words uh, that are synonyms is that she was a complete lover. She was a total lover. She was an absolute lover. Not just when we did the right thing, but even when we did the wrong. This is good preaching. Mama loved me anyway. Preach, Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank God that mother was an unconditional lover. Mothers today, you need to be an unconditional lover. We need to love our children in spite of the error of their ways. Oh, there are times that they will crush us with the decisions they make. But we need to love them anyway. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? He loved us in spite of us. Praise the Lord. Thank God mom is an unconditional lover. Stumbled across an article recently from CNN reports that just in February of this year, February 9th as a matter of fact, nearing Valentine's Day in the city of Bakersfield, California, a lady by the name of Christina Straton, a mother of five, was awakened to a house fire. One of her children woke her from a sleep. Our house is in flames. Well, the report goes on to say that she entered her home and ascended to the second floor to rescue four of her children who were upstairs. When firefighters found her, she had perished in the flames. Talking about an unconditional lover. This woman risked her own life to save her children. Are you with me, somebody? This woman was young, still had a lot of life to live but valued the lives of her babies above her own life. How many can say your mother did that? Valued the life of her children above her own. And I see familiar manifestations of this in the Bible when I read it and 
the first one that comes to mind is Jochebed, the mother of Moses. Amen. When the Egyptian king told the midwives, them Hebrew women have those children. Everybody understands the scope of the story, right? The Israelites, because of famine in the land of Canaan, had journeyed down to Egypt. They were serving as slaves under the taskmasters of the Egyptians. But God was blessing them. And for fear that overpopulation would cause a revolt that someone from the Israelite people would rise up and overthrow the Egyptians. The Egyptian king told the midwives when these Israelite women begin to give birth, every male child that's born, I want you to kill him. But let every female live. Y'all remember the story, right? You know what happened in the Bible? The midwife said this, Brother Steve. There's something different about them Israelite women because they're giving birth before we can get there. That's not what it was. What it was was they were afraid of the Israelite God. They were afraid of Jehovah. And so they let those babies live, Sister Sanyasha. In the process of time, Jochebed, Moses' mother, kept him hid for a space of three months. Getting this? But then she made an ark of bulrushes and she placed that little three month old, thank the Lord, hallelujah. Talking about a mother's love, Sister Ann. She placed the ark of bulrushes, pitched, amen, and put little Moses in that thing and sent it afloat down the Nile River. And you know who found him? Somebody in Pharaoh's camp they found Moses floating on the Nile River. What happened in the process of time was that they summoned the Israelites. They needed someone to nurse this child. You tell me that God don't go before you. You tell me that God ain't a God of the impossible. What happens? This boy's own mother gets to, oh Lord have mercy. This boy's own mother gets to nurse him until he's weaned. Boy, this is good preaching. Hallelujah. What happened? Her faith was rewarded. The faith of Jochebed was rewarded. She defied the king's request. She kept her own son alive, put him in an ark, floated him down the Nile River, nursed him to life, health and strength, and he became what? He became Israel's deliverer and lawgiver. What a God. Because mother was an unconditional lover second person I think about is Hannah. Hannah was the mother of Samuel. How many of you remember that, that, that Eli the priest, he saw Hannah praying. He saw her lips moving, but her mouth wasn't saying anything. He couldn't hear an audible voice. He thought something was wrong, but this woman desired a man child from God. You see, it was a disgrace for a woman not to have a child. This woman prayed. And this woman prayed to God so hard. She said, Lord, if you'll bless me. And she was specific too. Brother Manny, you know we got to be specific when we pray. This woman was specific. She didn't say, God, I want pigtails. She said, Lord, I want a boy. I want a son. I want a man child. 
And when you bless me with him and he is weaned, amen, I will give him back to your service. And guess what happened? In the process of time, Elkanah knew his wife and she bore a son and his name was Samuel, which meant ask of God or God heard. How many of you know that Samuel, glory to God, became one of the greatest prophets in the history of the nation of Israel? All because of a mother's unconditional love. Hallelujah. From protecting her child from danger to nursing them when they're sick to providing for their welfare, comfort, and development. Thank God for mothers. It was one of America's greatest presidents. Theodore Roosevelt who said this it is the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country Theodore Roosevelt said that Theodore Roosevelt was the president of the United States of America when we were in conflict in World War II that ought to tell you something about his character. That's a profound statement, isn't it, friend? That's a profound statement. Stand with me all over this congregation, would you? It's a mother, praise the Lord, who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. Among the other responsibilities that mothers have, let me tell you this. The top priority of a mother is the spiritual well-being of her children. That's the top priority of a mother. In my closing, let me share this with you. There was a well-known British evangelist, preacher, teacher, author, his name was D. Campbell Morgan. Mr. Morgan had four sons who succeeded him in ministry. Isn't that a blessing, Brother Ted? Born with children who carry on your, your heritage and legacy in ministry. And this man had four boys. History tells us in the process of time, they all became very great preachers, well-known, respected. It was at a family gathering, what we call reunions, that one gentleman asked one of the Morgan sons, well, which one of you Morgans is the greatest preacher? That boy looked at his daddy, and without batting an eye, he said, mother. Mother wasn't even a pulpit preacher. But I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. This boy was telling us, Brother Harold, that, that by the lifestyle, by the example that his mother set, she was the greatest preacher of the Morgan clan. I can say that about my mom. How about you today? Praise the Lord. I thank God 
that when our children look at us, they see Jesus. And I want to ask you this question. If you're a mother in this room today, when your child looks at you, exactly what do they see? This boy said, my mama is the greatest preacher of us all who never stood behind a podium and addressed an audience. Her lifestyle, the way she lived, how she carried herself, and the example that she set spoke volumes to who she was as a mother. Thank God for you today who are mothers, and I applaud you for all your efforts to bring your children up in the fear and admonition of God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this auditorium. Father, we thank you today for this great group of people who have assembled in this place for the purpose of worshiping you. And we thank you that your word has gone out before us today in the manner that we know has brought you good pleasure. Now we ask you, God, that your words have penetrated our hearts and they will be long remembered, not soon forgotten. For those present here today who have an earthly mother, Lord, may they cherish and celebrate them throughout the course of their entire life. We ask your blessing upon those of us who are present today whose mothers have embraced eternity. Give us the strength, the courage to fight life's battles until this life is over and we inherit heaven as our eternal place of rest. Go with us today, especially those who are lost, is my prayer by faith. In Jesus' name, God's church said amen. Amen. God bless.